You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here with From Military to Millionaire, and I am here with Tim Kelly, who is uh, kind of been a uh, so local uh, real estate military celebrity lately, been on the Bigger Pockets podcast and a couple other big name podcasts. Uh, Tim is a one of the guys who operates with Active Duty Passive Income, which we'll talk about later on. It's an awesome program. Uh, he is a chief petty officer in the Navy, uh, aviation mechanic by trade, currently stationed in uh, some instructor duty and living the life, doing some big time uh, multifamily and uh, mobile home type stuff. So Tim, why don't you uh, let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah, Dave. Thanks a lot for having me, man. It's uh, it's it's a it's definitely a pleasure being on your show. Um, yeah, Tim Kelly. I'm currently stationed in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, been in the Navy for 13 years. I'm a chief down here uh, right now. I got stationed down here to be a water survival instructor uh, due to my rescue swimmer background. Uh, but now I'm teaching pilots about engine systems. I have also have engines in my background, and then ethics and personal development and and mindset even is is what I gravitate into, which is great. I love talking about mindset. Um, and, and yeah, so and I'm on shore duty, which means I'm not deployable at least for the next two years. So I'm really harnessing that and focusing all my op time on uh, building the businesses, you know. And and so the main thing that we're doing, my partners and I, uh, are focusing on multifamily deals in the affordable housing space, and we're we're honing in on apartment complexes, but even more so mobile home parks. Uh, we love that asset type, and and we we do that through syndication. So. We're always looking for partners um, to provide in, incredible streams of income to and in, in, incredible returns. And we're also providing that, that housing. Um, and then, you know, like, like you mentioned, uh, I'm also uh, part of the active duty passive income team, ADPI. And like I said, we could, we could dig into that. We have, we've had a lot of uh, great development and growth on that lately too. So um, su another super exciting aspect of what I've been working on. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of curious, uh, I guess my, my question would be, so syndications are not the simplest of real estate deals. In fact, I, as amazing as they are, I think that kind of scares a lot of people out of them uh, just because the syndication is like this scary thought process of putting all this stuff together. What got you, how did you step your foot into syndicating at, over just, you know, the traditional buy a house with a VA loan, which is an awesome strategy in its own, yeah. but, uh, how'd you transition into that step? So, um, like a lot of people when they, when they, you know, discover real estate as an investment tool, um, I just simply learned just enough about all these different asset types and ways to generate income through real estate, which is obviously most people know wholesaling and then flipping and then, you know, single family rentals and then, maybe multifamily rentals and then different commercial, um, different commercial investing. So I kind of just went very horizontal across all these asset types and just to know enough um, to make a decision on which one I wanted to focus on. And then I, I, I chose multifamily because it was the most in line with what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, so I, I just specifically honed on multifamily and just went super vertical into multifamily. And, and so I, you know, 
first deal I closed was a fourplex and then the second deal was a 42 unit apartment complex. And because all I did was look at multifamily, all I did was read about multifamily, listen to podcasts that discuss multifamily. Whenever I went to RIAs or talked to investors, I would specifically talk about multifamily. So then I was able to hold a, you know, a, a pretty intellectual conversation with brokers about multifamily. Um, and so I, then I realized that if I wanted to start closing larger deals, I'm going to have to raise capital. And, and that's really, what syndication is it's all about just pooling investors money together in order to close a commercial deal um so that that that's kind of what got me into it because i i honed specifically on multifamily, and then i realized syndication was one way to to help close those deals yeah that's awesome so one of these days i will hopefully be involved in syndication on some level i kind of similar like bought a duplex, bought a tenplex, bought a 40 unit. Um, But I've kind of done like some really weird, I've had, I guess you could say luck with like seller financing and creative financing to where uh, even the 40 unit, I put like 4.9% down on it. Um, And and, and it was all seller financed. And so I've kind of, kind of lucked out in the means that I've been able to walk into some of that without syndicating. But at the same time, end state, I think whether I'm hosting the syndication or just throwing my money into a syndication, the idea of being able to jump in on a really big project with a bunch of people and just be like, here's my money. I'm going to go be super passive because other people are running everything. Uh, I mean, even if you're the guy who puts the deal together, once it's done, if you have good management in place, it's really not from what I would imagine that much of a headache, which is super cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a testament of, of how awesome real estate. One of the things I love about real estate is that you just use creative means to close deals. You, you didn't have to use a lot of your own money or even other people's money. Obviously seller financing is just a creative strategy that a lot of people look for. Um, and the one thing I'll say about that is that sometimes sellers misunderstand buyers. If the buyer's like, you know, are you looking for, you know, would you be open to seller financing? A lot of sellers will be like, well, that just means he doesn't have the cash to close or he doesn't have any experience. Um, and sometimes you have to educate the seller on the benefits of seller financing for them, obviously for tax purposes and passive income. Um, but yeah, I mean that another thing I love about real estate, man, you can creatively get deals done in so many different ways. You can structure agreements in so many different ways. And there's not just one way to close the deal. There's so many different ways to close the deal, which is another, you know, awesome thing about real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned the the fourplex. We'll kind of backtrack here a little bit, but yeah. how did you purchase that? Were you one of the, did you VA hack it? So that was a, in a, a house hack intention. Um, that was actually, I was stationed in Virginia beach uh, for like the last 10 years. And then when I got orders to come to Pensacola down here, which about 18 months ago, um, i started building relationships with people in Pensacola and I knew for sure that I wanted to use a, an FHA 203 K loan, um, at the time. So that's exactly what I did. I I found fourplex here. Um, and you know, I moved down here. Um, and within that same month, I actually closed on it because I, you know, did all the due diligence, put all the offers in before I even got stationed here while I was still um, up in Virginia Beach. And, uh, and yeah, and so I had the intentions of moving into one unit and running out the other three. And the 203K loan for a lot of people um, that do know, and if anybody doesn't, it's a rehab loan where you could wrap the cost of rehab into the loan. And, and for some quick numbers, it was 
four units that were fully occupied in one of the best neighborhoods for 149k so i got a really good deal and then i wrapped a hundred thousand dollars of, of rehab costs into that loan so the total loan amount was about 250 and then i only had to put down 3.5 percent of that total loan amount which is phenomenal i mean I'm, I'm still wondering why more people are not taking advantage of this. And yeah, it's an owner occupied loan. So you have to have the intentions of living, moving into one unit and running out the other. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what I leveraged to uh, get that, that first deal done. And, and from there it was just, you know, off to the races. Yeah. The two or three K loan is, is killer. Uh, I, you know, the, the VA loan is awesome, but the, probably my, my biggest issue with the VA loan is, and this is not always the case, but it's super dependent on your inspector. Um, you, it's hard to get somebody like a VA inspector to approve a property that needs work. Uh, so the forcing of value add is, it, it really is hit or miss on your inspector, right? Some of them might be like, oh yeah, that's not a big deal. You can fix that. And then some of them are going to be like, no, no, no that ceiling fan isn't permitted. So the whole building fails, um, which yeah. we run into out here. Whereas the FHA 203K is almost as good as far as down percentage as the VA. And then you can buy a house that needs all this work, fix it up and, you know, value add. And I mean, it's just phenomenal opportunity. Uh, so I, I agree. I'm torn when I finally <laughs> leave Hawaii and go somewhere where uh, I can buy a place that will actually cash flow. Um, as opposed well, to, I, I did want to mention that, you know, I, I didn't end up moving into that fourplex cause the rehab took a little bit more than the FHA required six months and one day rehab took about seven months. So I never actually moved into one of the units. I was kind of just set up and, and we were settled into where we were at. And that's so after that, I actually used my VA loan and wrapped rehab into the VA loan, which I'm, I'm currently living in a triplex right now. Nice. And it's, it's not a typical triplex. It's actually a single family home with a duplex that's completely detached, actually facing a different street because it's on a corner lot. So my, my home is facing one street and the duplex is facing the other. So you can't even tell it's all one property. And I wrapped $70,000 into the, that VA loan. Uh, a lot of people don't realize there's a rehab, uh, a VA rehab loan available. Um, only certain banks are offering that. Um, and, and so that solves, solves your problem of, of, Please you know, note I'm writing well, that down. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, and, and I can give you the, um, the contact information for the rehab specialist that actually funded both the 203k loan for me, as well as this VA rehab loan. Um, and, and that's by far one of the best things, you know, I think is available to military is a VA loan, but not only that wrapping rehab costs of that loan, because usually you're right. I mean, the VA loan inspectors are so strict, you know, and they're only looking out for us as the buyers, you know? Um, but if you're, if you have a list of, look, I'm going to fix this and this and this and this and this, and you know, before you even close the deal, you have to have all that planned out and you have to have the contractor and you go and sign an agreement of how much, you know, it's going to cost and what they're going to do. And obviously the bank has to sign off on it because they're wrapping that into the total loan amount. Um, and, and it wasn't quite 0% down, but it is pretty darn close to 0% down. I just had to come up with some cash for, for closing costs and whatnot. Um, but I mean, dude, that, that's why I, I, I took advantage of that as, as quick as I realized yeah. that was available. 
Yeah, yeah that's super killer. Uh, and again, whether zero or not, it's still no PMI, so it's more cash flow. Uh, I kicked myself because I used an FHA on my duplex and I'm paying PMI. And I did that just because I didn't understand the VA, which is ironically like probably one of the better benefits that military has when it comes to housing and probably the most misunderstood thing. Totally. Um, I mean, I've been having coffee and lunches with VA lenders, you know, just to better my knowledge about it so that I can speak more intelligently about it. And so far to date, you are the first person who's ever even mentioned the rehab variation on the VA loan. And, and I know guys who've gotten some things. I mean, there's a guy out here who, uh, eventually I'm going to get him on this show, uh, that has, I mean, he bought like a six unit Airbnb hotel VA loan. Um, really? Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like the coolest story I've ever heard. This guy is cash flowing enough that he and his wife are both about to retire from the military just because they don't need it anymore and live in Hawaii. Um, so they're, wow. I mean, it's, it's killer. But that was one of those like awesome inspector. Here's all these kind of not loopholes, but it was just like zoning, everything like the stars aligned. Um, not something you could probably duplicate mass scale, but that, that yeah. sounds like something you could. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, Hey, let's, uh, move right along. So my, my, one of my favorite questions here is if a, if an E1, E2, or I guess for, I mean, you guys are all confusing with your rates. I can't even pretend to, to know the rank because I guess for you, it'd be like AD1, eight, I, I, anyway, um, for those <laughs> who don't understand the Navy is the only branch of the service where your job changes the name of your rank and so like i know yeah. foreman and chaplain's assistants and that's about it outside of that yeah. petty officer uh anyway so yeah. if an e1 e2 were to walk up to you and ask you for some uh some financial advice or just advice in general you only had a minute or two to talk to him what would you give him oh man this is so this is just just that you know preface this um and, and one of the reasons why I discovered real estate is because I've always had a fascination for, for personal finance um, and just increasing my financial intelligence. And that's mainly because it doesn't, there's no education in our society or in our school system. And I think that's bogus. Um, and I think everybody should have some kind of basic financial education going through school um, in some fashion, whether it's, you know, a little bit in elementary school, more so in middle school, and then even better in high school um, before you decide to go to college or not. Um, so then, then, you know, they kind of developed after I became a command financial specialist at my last command. And they just put you through a week of, uh, you know, those quick, week of school and it's really to, to to help you and educate you on how to properly screen uh, military members when they either need a screening or if they want a screening for their own good or because their command is making them get a financial screening due to their, due to their financial position. Um, yeah. So a lot of times if, if you're trying to go overseas or get a special duty, um, you know, an instructor billet or like recruiting or something like that, you have to go through a personal financial screening with a command financial specialist to determine your that, you know, your debt to income ratio isn't exceeding a certain threshold um, and that you have, you know, your debt under control and that there is a surplus plus instead of a deficit at the end of the month and and whatnot so um the one thing is that you know understand that 
there is no financial education. It's going to be up to you to understand your finances. And it's not as difficult as most people make it out to think. And the reason why it's so difficult is because financial advisors want you to bring your money to them to invest for you so they can make money. Um, and that's why they use a lot of uh, big words and they, they send you, you know, hundred, uh, you know, paper reports on, on, on certain things to just not, almost distract you from trying to learn it on your own um, so you can go to them for advice and and uh, that's complete bs and and it's really what you put you you know you, you will get out of it what you put into it like pretty much anything in life and i mean i can you can go, take this so many different ways and i'll kind of end it off with if you want to be like an active investor if you want to spend some of your time you know actively investing then it's just a matter of your your education and what you know what you put into it and that would start with like reading a book like a rich dad poor dad and that is really what opened my mind up like most people who get involved in real estate they read this, this book and then it's like they're blown their minds are blown and then it's just the sky's the limit from there or if you want to just be more of a passive investor and and you you don't want to spend too much money on it then again, don't just listen to financial advisors, do a little bit of basic research. And if you don't want to be an active investor, I'm telling you the absolute best thing you could do is look into low fee index funds and let it sit. High savings rate is going to be your best friend. The more money you can put into it and, and, and not putting in mutual funds or single stocks, putting it into a low fee index fund and letting it grow over time. But the more you put into it, um, the more it will compound over time. And, and when I was at E1 or E2, I had some interest in, in that. And I had like, you know, a Roth IRA and, you know, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And then I, the more and more I got interested and the more and more I read about it and educated myself, the more I realized, you know, business and real estate um, are income producing assets that is what you know make the rich people and wealthy people in that position of, of financial freedom you know most rich people don't just have mutual funds and 401ks and IRAs um, you know it's because they have they invest in income producing assets like real estate and, and business so um, I, I mean I could talk for hours and hours about that I, I wish I had more time than just a minute or two um, to talk to that E1 or E2 because this is the stuff I'm passionate about I want to help educate people on um, but hopefully I hit you know hopefully I hit what <laughs> you think the answer you were looking for on that well I mean the nice thing about beta CFS is oftentimes you will get more time than just a minute or two so I'm I, I don't know if we talked about this previously but I actually just recently got my certificate as a command financial specialist nice. um, I basically made my command send me because I was like look I'm run this website and people are starting to ask me financial questions and although I might know the answer if I don't have this certification, the Marine Corps can say, hey, why are you giving financial advice? So give me yeah. the certification so that I'm not stepping out of my lane and speaking out of terms. And it is a good class. In fact, I went through it. I did the budget and I was like, oh, man, I could be doing so much better with this. And I started to say yeah. I increased my savings gap. Um, so totally. I don't know if you've heard this, but since you mentioned the index funds, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Vanguard. And I haven't confirmed this, so this may just be rumor mill, so I pardon me if I'm speaking out of line, but apparently Vanguard just lowered from 10000 to 3000 for their entry fee like last week. A uh, buddy of mine just posted something about it. So I have yet to research that, but if that's the case, that's killer. Um, I have not heard that uh, at all myself. That's um, going to be something I'll, you know, I'll look into um, just so I'm feeding others the right information. I also do you know financial coaching and stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So, you know, that's something else I'll make sure I look into. 
Sounds good. Yeah, no, I totally agree with the uh, the real estate world. And I mean, realistically, is it, you know, if we find if we boil all the financial advice in the world down, like expenses lower than income, save the difference. You're on the right path, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. Stuff gets so overcomplicated. It's amazing. It's, it's, I mean, because if you think about it, the, the 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 education that most of us got, ninety percent of us got, is go to school, <laughs> get a good job, work hard and save okay okay that you know that makes sense and then you know that that will set me up for financial freedom um and not at all and and there's so many different ways you could you can go about it but uh you know that that's just not enough and back in the day when our parents his parents and you know you know at that time when all you really had to do when most people worked for the same company for 40 plus years and actually put and invested a lot of their um their income and savings into 401ks when the 401k was first established and when all these companies were offering pensions that's when for the you know mutual funds were actually offering 12 to 14 percent returns um and, and now it's it's nowhere near that you know i recently read an article about the creator um i think his name is uh todd benna the creator of the 401k said it turned into a monster and it, you know he created it but he's so um, appalled at what it turned into, um, because of all, all the different, all the different brokerages that are kind of just destroying it. And what, you know, the mutual funds that are, that are, that are in these 401k vehicles, um, they're, the returns that are being offered are less than the rate of inflation. I mean, you could say that you're getting like a five or 6% return, but when you adjust it for taxes and inflation and fees more so than anything else, it's like yeah. a 0% return or almost like a negative return. So um, that, I'm telling you, that's why income producing assets like real estate and business are, are what is, is you know, going to build generational wealth and, and create financial freedom. Yeah. And you have control. I think that's like Absolutely, man. my favorite thing. So one of my favorite people in the entrepreneurial world, and I think part of it's because he's super controversial is Elon Musk. Right. And I've been using this example lately because people talk real estate versus stocks and I'm like, okay, well, here's the difference. If I smoke a blunt on TV, my real estate is still worth the exact same amount tomorrow. But if Elon smokes a blunt on TV, Tesla drops 9% and I have totally. and I can't control it. And do I care if Elon, totally. blunt, if Elon smoked a blunt? No. In fact, I think it's, probably one of the funniest things I've seen someone do on a podcast. Yeah. If I was a billionaire, like, I mean, I'm not saying I'd be out smoking blunts all the time, but like yeah. the guy launched a convertible into space. Like he's that built, like if you gave a, a practical jokester a billion dollars and said, what are you going to do with this? That's Elon. So, but people hate it. And then Tesla plummets and then Tesla strikes. And then, I mean, Tesla's like this in the stock market. I'm like, all right, well, at least in real estate, even if I do something retarded, like get a DUI, the property is still going to be worth the same amount. So um, you have, like, like you said, you, you have control of where the location that you're investing, you have control of what tenants are in there. You have control of the rehab that is done. You have the control of the manager that you put in place. You have the most control and it's a tangible asset that produces income every single month. And there's, you know, four or five different ways that are, that uh, a profit centers, I guess you'd call it of, of real estate. And people don't factor that in when they say, Oh, it's, it's too risky. Or, you know, those are people who obviously don't invest in real estate and they're taking advice from people who don't invest in real estate. They just heard somebody maybe have, you know, lost their shirt one day in real estate. So then, you know, they're just, they're just too afraid to take action. 
Agreed. All right. Uh, so moving on. So the next one I ask, and sometimes this backfires on me, so don't take it as I think the military has to teach you this. That's not the intent yeah. of this question, but because uh, I think everybody has prefaced it by saying, I don't think it's the military's job to teach you. I'm like, I, I get that. Like we did teach them killing stuff, all yeah. that good stuff. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, what is one thing you wish the military taught you about real estate or finances earlier in your career? And I bring that up because they do a really good job of teaching us everything else, life skills. And then it seems it's getting a lot better, but it seems as though like the general finances, financial training that I got prior to like the last three or four years was don't buy a car with this interest rate. That was about it. Um, so, and, it, and, and again, this, this goes back to really the first thing that I spoke about when you asked me, you know, uh, if E1 or E2, you know, approached me, <clears throat> what I would tell them. And, and it's, it's all on you, you know, our society is clearly not going to teach you what you need to know about personal finance and the military is just not going to teach you. It's going to be up to you to go seek that advice. And, and the military has these amazing services in fleet and family support center and inside of fleet and family, you know, you have the Navy Marine Corps relief society if you need like a quick interest-free loan. But if you're in a situation where you need that before there's a couple steps that you got to go through before you can just walk into Navy Marine Corps relief society and get a loan, you know, step one, you got to go to your command financial specialist and get a screening. Step two, then you, then you go into fleet and family support center with that proper screening to make sure that you are evaluated and that you, act, you know, you'll actually pay this loan back and it's for a legitimate reason. Um, but it's going to be up to you. It, you know, we have the services in place that could offer you, you know, car buying, home buying, proper use of credit cards and all these different things that, that they don't teach you in school that they should. And, um, but you know, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be the person like that will say the military should have taught me this in school. It's going to be up to you as the individual, um, to seek it out. And that's really what, I'm, I'm trying to emphasize and create awareness on it is what you put into it. Do not think that you are going to get taught. It's your financial future. It's your, um, you know, your family's legacy and it's going to be up to you. You can't, you know, blame a corporate America or the military or the government for things that you do or you do not have. Uh, yeah. and that's why most people have that, you know, scarcity mentality and they're looking for payouts or they're looking for the government to take care of them or a corporation or the government and they're not going to. And that's one of the main reasons why I got involved in business and real estate because of that reason. Um, so to answer your question, I, I, I don't wish that the, the military taught me, I guess um, maybe if, if they, you know, put more into it for others coming behind me. And that's why when I was a command financial specialist, I would hold seminars on all this basic stuff that, you know, don't just invest in the TSB. Think about all your other options that you have before you, before you do that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was the knucklehead who bought all the Harleys and tattoos and left his money in the G fund for the first six years. And Nice. Yeah. I did about everything you could think of wrong. I think I left my first four years of service with like more debt than savings. Um, yeah. So thankfully. You were just among the average, man. Unfortunately, man, that's, that's normal. That's the thankfully, average. Somebody handed me that book that everybody quotes, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was like, mm -hmm. oh. Anyway. Uh, all right. So what makes the Tim Kelly method of real estate investing unique and or successful? Um. <clears throat> You know, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying this. Another cool thing about real estate, 
you don't have to be the most creative person or the most unique person. There's so many strategies that have been proven successful um, by people that have gone before us that we could literally just emulate and learn by. Um, so, I mean, I'm not the only one investing in multifamily um, real estate in the affordable housing sector. I'm not the only one investing in mobile home communities in the Southeast and the Midwest, um, you know, but we are investing for straight cash flow with incredible upside. And, and our strategy right now is that we pay cash for our properties and you have a lot more of a leverage um, and, and negotiation position there to get much be a much better deal at closing. Um, and then we refinance it within the first um, you know six months to long-term low interest debt. And, um, and so again, it's, it's not that I'm, I'm unique or special in any way. And I don't want you to think that you need to be in order to get involved in real estate. You should be, anybody can get involved in real estate. It doesn't matter what your financial position is, um, what your background is, what your, what your, uh, if you have any traditional education, uh, preferably you don't, <laughs> uh, you know, because then you, you weren't kind of swayed in a certain uh, path. And, you know, if you got some degree, you're almost like stuck in that path because you think you need to utilize your degree. Um, and that's another beautiful thing about real estate, man. Anybody can get into it. Anybody can become successful at it. Um, and so I'm, I'm not unique. We just offer incredible returns to our investors and we provide clean, safe housing. So then we're incentivized by, by the government, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's killer. All right. So, uh, here we go. Here's your plug. So I'm going to go ahead and say it for you. Uh, active duty, passive okay. income. Uh, but yeah, man. all right. So what's the, what's the one resource, uh, you know, book course website you recommend anybody start getting started in real estate. Uh, yeah. So more than one resource here, but Let's hear about it. So many. I mean, for, for military, um, you know, it, whether you're active, whether you're a veteran, whether you're affiliated in some way, whether you're a spouse, um, you got to check out active duty passive income if you have not. ADPI, active duty passive income. It is an incredible platform. Um, yes, uh, this, this may sound like a shameless plug because I am a team member. I am a coach and a mentor on that platform. Um, but there's incredible resources. It's a curriculum that was built on how to go from A to Z to, to find, locate, negotiate, and close on your first property. There's free a free VA loan mastery course, which is, again, one of the best resources um, out there and, and benefits provided to the military. Um, we have a house hacking course. Um, and not only do we provide this curriculum, but we provide coaching and mentorship along with um, some of our packages. And, you know, so the cool thing is we just released, um, we just released a book. I just co-authored a book. The five of us wrote a book. Um, it's available on Amazon and audible. Um, it is the called military house hacking. It is officially a number one bestseller on Amazon. Um, definitely check it out. It's a super quick read. It's a hundred page book, um, written by all of us. And there's some, there's some awesome secrets in that book on how to leverage your VA loan and, and the power of house hacking in the military, you know, to start off your investing career, then how you can skyrocket, um, we're currently developing a multifamily course um, in the ADPI curriculum. So that is the, by far um, the best resource that I know of for military is to navigate to active duty, passive income, check it out. Um, and, and that'll really set you up. And, and it's a, 
it's su- it's such a simplified way to learn how to get involved in real estate and become successful. Successful. Yeah, I'm actually uh, trying to make it look like I'm still looking at your screen, but I'm finally gonna go buy this book. Um, so anyway, all right, now we're back. So now it's now it's set up as a reminder. I've been meaning to click on purchase on Amazon. I think it's been in my cart. Looks like this military house hacking. <clears throat> there it's you like go. Yeah. And again, it's quick read. It's only, you know, about a hundred pages total. Um, obviously there's a, there's an ebook that's available as well. Um, I did say, I think I, if I said audible, I misspoke. We're working on getting the audible. We've had a lot of requests, um, for an audio book. So I think we're gonna, we're gonna kind of try to nail that down soon. But the foreword on the book was written by Rod Cleef. If anybody uh, knows who Rod Cleef is, he's probably one of the number one, yeah multi-family educators out there right now he's got a boot camp that he's you know he's on tour right now in all different cities and he highly supports the adpi mission and our mission is to educate you know military members on how to achieve financial freedom through through real estate investing and so we have a really good relationship with him and and he so he wrote the foreword of that book um, which we're really excited about. And, you know, we have an incredible podcast. Uh, we've already got some of the Rich Dad panel of advisors um, booked um, to be on our podcast, which we're really excited about. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, a lot of the same guys who've been on Bigger Pockets multiple times um, on there. You know, we, we, we you know, uh, we just had Nathan Brooks has been on Bigger Pockets a bunch of times. He's been on our podcast. Um, and then we actually just had uh, Clayton Morris on our podcast as well. He's, he's another, you know, multiple bigger pockets guest, And he's, he's had this, has this incredible, uh, incredible, uh, you know, organization that he's built too. So yeah, uh, highly recommend you, you scoot over there and, and take advantage of what we're offering on that platform. Yeah, definitely doing some good things. I saw, uh, man, I can't remember who's Eric or Markian uh, yeah. post about, an invite to Jocko like a month ago. It was something, yeah. something, something online was like going bigger, going home or inviting yeah. Jocko. And I was like, Oh man, that's, that's killer. I need to up my, that was honestly like looking at, looking at that. I was teetering on podcasts or not podcasts, this, that, and the other. And I kind of settled on this because I'd rather have a conversation seeing someone. Although uh, I'm going to pull the audio out of all this and upload it via podcast here very soon anyway. Um, but yeah, you guys are doing some super cool stuff. Uh, it definitely, I keep, it, you know, it's one of those things like one of these days I'll end up back in San Diego and be able to meet the rest of your team. Um, Cause I, I mean, we all kind of serve a, a similar purpose and that is, totally. that yeah. is, Hey, there's a bunch of military guys out. And the funny thing is, and I'm sure you have run into this as well, is as you start talking about real estate in the military, it is like people come out of the woodwork and you're like, holy crap, I never knew anybody knew any. So for example, and this is probably my funniest one to date is I was on the bigger pockets podcast and like a week and a half later, I'm walking down the hallway. I'm like, I think I was like standing at my duty desk and this, this captain comes up and he's like, Hey, uh, you're Stas on parade, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, cool. Hey, I just came in. I'm, I'm working in the S3 or whatever. Like, oh, okay. And, uh, like long story short, he had seen the podcast and seen like via the email system where I worked. And then he ended up coming to that unit and was like, you know, we, it was just this really weird, like never seen each other before. And like long, like 30 minute conversation in the hallway. Um, guy owns like 13, 14 units and, um, 
you know, it's like all of a sudden there's people coming out of the woodwork like, Hey, I own this condo and, and I do this Airbnb and I have this yeah. house hack and I have the, and it's like, Holy smokes, where were all these people a decade ago yeah. when I was buying Harley's? Um, I wouldn't have listened, anyway, but you know, uh, uh, so super cool. Um, and it's really cool to, I mean, people don't understand and the power that you have in the military as far as, I mean, the VA loan is huge for one, but then the, the, the other thing is just like, in the military, you have this, and from a personal finance perspective, this opportunity to live with such low expenses and just save. And you may not make ten, you know, a, a seven-figure income, but you make more than enough to do well with it if you're intelligent. Um, anyway, so my short little soapbox. Definitely looking forward to doing some more work with you guys in the future. I couldn't agree more, man. And, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so passionate about giving back and helping educate people on personal finance. Cause you, you, you know, and this is, an, this is another huge thing that I didn't even mention, but you have to establish your financial foundation before you try to invest in real estate. You know, please don't be one of the people who think that they could invest in real estate to get out of a bad financial situation because it's just not going to work like, you know, work like that. Um, you may have heard some stories, you know, people wholesaling because you don't need money or you don't need credit in order to wholesale. And that's true to an extent, but you're going to need some capital. You're going to need a really good um, credit score, you're going to need some residual capital um, in order to become successful and start scaling your business. Whether you dive into wholesaling just to stack up capital, that, that's great. But, you know, unless you want to spend all your time marketing, you're going to have to spend a few bucks on a marketing campaign to find to find sellers um, and to find buyers and investors. So, um, make sure you guys establish your financial foundation first um, before before you even try to dive into you know real estate and and I'll, I'll give you guys my contact information I have literally a blueprint of how to step by step how to establish your financial foundation before you dive into real estate that I'll give you guys for free um, that you know that I created and I used it for my coaching business and I'll make sure you guys get that so um, don't hesitate to reach out to me but take it seriously get your financial foundation established before you try to start investing in real estate awesome yeah definitely all right so uh, before we wrap this up any parting advice or, or big ideas you'd like to talk about Nah, um, other than, you know, first things first, mindset is everything. Um, you guys have to make sure you are taking care of yourselves and that personal and professional development is a priority every single day. Um, if you're not growing, you know, you're dying. Um, every single day, do something, wake up with intent that you're going to just crush the day and that you are, you have a positive mindset and you need to brain feed positive thoughts, you know, every single day, whether you read scripture, uh, whether you listen to an inspirational podcast like this one, whether you're reading a book, you know, whether you're just, you know, going for a run or getting a, you know, an, an amazing workout in first thing in the morning to set the day off, um, in the right direction. But mindset is everything. And, and another thing is health as well. Fortunately in the military, they kind of force us to be in, in decent shape because they, they test us semi-annually on our personal or on our uh, physical fitness. But I mean, if you make your health a priority, your, you know, your wealth is going to follow suit and you're just going to feel better. You're going to look better. You're going to be more confident. Um, you're going to just have more energy to go crush the day and, 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 
pretty much you'll 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 be above average and you know don't follow the masses because the masses are usually going the wrong way um but mindset is everything make sure you guys are, are taking care of, of your mindset what the content that you're feeding um and the last thing i'll say is the e to e ratio the entertainment to um education ratio you know the most successful people on our planet have like a 2080 where 20 percent of their free time is dedicated to education and 80 percent of the time uh, I'm sorry, 20% of the time is entertainment and 80% of the time is, is education. And the education meaning like personal education, not like formal education where you're going to sit in a class learning about, you know, you know, politics or you're learning about, um, you know, something that is irrelevant to your, to your life and that won't apply. Um, so make sure you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're using your free time wisely and to shape your mindset to focus on your professional development. Definitely. Yeah. Mindset is huge. Uh, one of these days I'd be curious to hear kind of more about what you talk on, uh, mindset and ethics with all your, uh, your young aviation guys, but, uh, we could probably go off forever about that and totally, man. totally time to start the day. So, yeah. uh, all right. So where can people get a hold of you? So what's the, I mean, is it, is ADPI the best way to get a hold of you? Facebook, LinkedIn, like what's the best way to reach out if they want to ask you some questions? So I'm, I'm on a lot of the, uh, most of the major, uh, social network platforms. You can go to the Timothy That's pretty much shows everything that I'm, I'm up to links to all my different websites. Um, you know, you could definitely find me on Facebook, uh, just Tim Kelly, um, but Instagram, I'm at the Timothy Kelly. LinkedIn, I'm at the Timothy Kelly. Again, the website is thetimothykelly.com. Um, do not hesitate to reach out to me um, via cell phone. If you wanted to shoot me a text or give me a call, do not hesitate, um, 847-910-9161. And then, yeah, shoot me an email, uh, tim at activedutypassiveincome.com. Either way, I'm available. Is that uh, is the active duty? Is that spelled out for your? Email? Yeah, for the email address. Yeah, activedutypassiveincome.com. Uh, Tim at activedutypassiveincome.com. Cool. Uh, just like the website, activedutypassiveincome.com. But we we created the acronym ADPI because it's just whenever we're talking about it or or whatever, it's uh, um, it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I I'm kind of kicking myself. Uh, for military to millionaire for not having made my email david at fmtm.com rather than because yeah. mine right it's military to millionaire at gmail which is fine but like yeah i didn't realize at the time that military and millionaire is going to confuse my fingers if i'm typing too fast it's like yeah, and then i'm like oh man too many l's or whatever uh and yeah. i do it all the time so i'm I'm debating changing my email but it's kind of late in the game for that so we'll see what happens yeah yeah uh, all right. Anyway. Hey, Tim, thank you very much for taking some time to chat with us today. Uh, I'm sure that this brought a ton of value out to uh, well, both of our communities because they're all the same people. Uh, Basically. And yeah, I really look forward to staying in touch and working with you guys some more here in the future. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's definitely partner on some stuff too. I know uh, multifamily's been your thing lately and it's a way to go. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let's partner up and, and match our criteria together and, and crush some big deals. Yeah, I'm all about it. Sounds good, brother. Well, hey, I'm going to talk to you later.